0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lackadar Podcast. We are very glad you decided to join us today. Our hope here at Lackadar is that we are more than a podcast, not because of us, but because of God, and that we strive to bring glory to Him, because that's the only place where glory is deserved, and that the listeners either come to know Christ if they don't, or are built up in their walk with Christ. With that being said, of course, Lackadar does not need to be a substitute for your church body. We pray that you're plugged into a church body and are not letting Lackadar be a substitute for that. But hopefully, Lackadar is helping you in your daily walk. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on our social media pages, which are in the episode description. We hope you enjoy the episode and God uses it. word for today is saint. Saint. So before we do that, and of course, thank you for tuning in today. And thank you so much for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed and learned something from the Easter special. Because I felt like it was one of our better episodes, not because of me or Jackson, but because the Holy Spirit was really moving, and I felt like, and I'm sure Jackson would agree with this, that it was just a good time to do that. And it's starting to rain, so if it picks up a little background noise with the rain, I am so sorry about that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and get on into the Word for today. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for this day, and I thank you just for everything you've done for us, and I thank you so much For Jesus and for this Easter season, God, as I'm recording this today before Easter, but people won't listen to it until a couple days after Easter, that you would just be there and be in the midst. And we thank you so much for Easter and what that means. For the Friday where you were crucified, but most importantly, the Sunday where you rose from the dead. Because that means that we know how the story ends. And that's the only reason we can even have the word for today, God, which is saints. Help me to speak it in a way that would honor you, God. And just please help me to be the man you want me to be and all the listeners to be the men and the women you want them to be as well. And that as they're listening, that they would hear something not from me, but from you. Help it to be your words, not mine. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So, as I said before, it is raining a little. And I'm in a different location than I normally am. But it's okay. Okay. If the rain gets too loud, I will pause it for a few minutes and pick back up, but hopefully that will not happen. So as you heard me say, the word for today is saint. Alright, sorry about that, I had to pause for a second because of the rain, and of course you won't know it on your end, or you might, there might be a little bit of a sound of a stop, but my definition of the word saint, it's real simple. A saved person. Of course, we're not talking about the team in New Orleans. I know probably have a lot of fan, the people listening that say they are New Orleans Saints fans. For my professional football team, I don't really keep up with professional football. I would say probably the New Orleans Saints. But, just just on the sole fact that they're the closest team. But, anyway, this isn't to be about that. But the Biblical Dictionary defines Saint... And the Biblical Dictionary knocked it out of the park with this one. Been was very, very pleased with how it defined it. <clears throat> it says this, Those who are faithful to God, love Him, and are dedicated to His service. And it also says holy ones, or Christians. So with that being said, while we see that, yes, we see saints... Kind of misrepresented. I'm not not knocking the Catholics. Anyone Catholic listening to this. I'm not knocking you in any sort of way. Or saying that you're not going to heaven. But the Catholics use it as a title for people. And it makes it sound like that only a select few can get that title. And it's starting to rain heavy again. So again, might have to pause. Might be a second of pausing. Hopefully not again this time though. But... The way the Catholics define it, it makes it almost sound like you have to do something. And it might be, I don't know that much about Catholicism. But you have to do something really good to be a saint. Like Saint John, Saint Luke, Saint Peter. And that's not the message I see when reading this. Because we know that saints are just saved people. And we've talked a lot about the gospel we've had a whole episode about it but today i've just felt called to kind of look at some different instances of the word saint so of course the only way you can become a saint is by believing on the lord jesus and believing that he came and died and rose from the dead and if you make him your lord you are then a saint a co-heir with christ so, a real good definition of, well, not really a definition, but a good time it is used, is in Psalm 31:23, And that says, Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. The saints love God. We as saints are called to love God. And it says the Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. God does give the faithful. When you're faithful to God, it just becomes easier and easier and easier to be faithful to God. On the sole fact that Jesus is helping you through that and allowing you to be more faithful in Him and preserving you. And yes, it gets tiring. It does. But it is essential to our faith that we do not turn away and that we always persevere. Because that's the way that saints act. We love the Lord our God and we act like we do. We don't just sit around on our hands and say, oh, I love God. Yes, I really do. And then not do anything about it. Love the Lord, all you His saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. The one who acts in pride, the one who sins and lives in their sin and doesn't think they need a Savior, the Lord repays that one, but the Lord preserves the faithful. Those who are being faithful and expending themselves and spending themselves and just not barely catching a break, those are the ones the Lord repays. That's the ones the Lord pays. And it's raining really heavy outside. And I'm talking loud. So I think I'm drowning it out. <clears throat> we also see in Daniel seven, twenty-two. This one really kind of gets me. In the, the biblical dictionary didn't give this as a reference. But when I was studying another verse, it gave it as a reference. It's talking about the end of times and the beasts that come at the end of times. And all of that good stuff. It says, Until the Ancient of Days, or the End of Days came, so was what, what was happening before, it's saying, until the end of days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. So basically, what that's saying is, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, how I'm really confused about something, and I've, I've read a little bit into it, and I think I'll understand it a little bit better now, but until the end of days comes... And the judgment's given for the saints. So judgment is given. We are given our judgment, our ticket to heaven. If, well, we already have our ticket to heaven through Christ. But we're Because we're still judged at the end for the things we did. Now, of course, the blood of Jesus covers that. But the actions we commit are still judged in the end. And the saints are going to possess the kingdom. I don't think we think about that a lot. The fact that we are going to possess the kingdom of the Most High. And I'll read another verse that kind of has to go along with that. A little bit later on in that same chapter, Daniel 7, five verses later in verse 27. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. The kingdom shall be an everlasting heaven and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. We're going to get to go to heaven when we die. And that's exclusive to the saints. It's exclusively to me and to you. Once we've placed our faith and our trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. No one else gets that. Except the saints. And the only difference in the saint and a sinner. Before we go any further. Just because I feel like... feel like that when we say saint, it makes us seem like we think we're better. The only difference in the saint and the sinner is Jesus and his grace. Because without that, we would be the sinner. And we are a sinner. A better definition for a saint is a sinner saved by grace. So, when someone says what's different about you, it's Jesus. And the fact that he died for you and the fact that that's how you're getting to heaven is through Jesus. We see in 1 Corinthians 6, 2. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? So, that is talking about lawsuits against believers and suing believers. Things of that nature. But, Uh, It piqued my interest because it talked about, or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Hmm. It was kind of of interesting to me that it said that. So I researched it a little bit in my study Bible, and I found this in Matthew 19. Well, the Bible app is stalling on me, and I forgot to get this verse. Loaded. So I'm going to get my Bible here. Page flipping in a second. Sorry about that. I I looked overlooked these verses in my notes. But turn right to it. Matthew nineteen twenty says The young man said to him, That is not the right verse. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you have followed and you who followed me will also Sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Okay, you might be saying, what's the big deal about that? That's talking to the disciples. And I would agree with you. We also see in Luke 22, 30. And it says this. Very similar passage. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. But the one that really kind of makes me think, a little, believe something a little differently, is Revelation 3, 21. And it is talking to the church. And it says this, still turning there, it has this to say, to the church at Laodicea, And it says, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So that's the church of Laodicea. I don't think it's specific to the church of Laodicea. I think it is for all of us. So what does that mean that we're going to sit on the throne of judgment? And that the disciples were sitting on the throne of judgment. And in here it says, are, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, you are in, incompetent. Are you incompetent to trivial cases? What does that mean? <laughs> to be honest, I don't 100% know. Does it mean that at the end, it's, we're going to be based on a jury when we get to heaven? Oh, does this person believe? Mm, well, kind of, but not Really? So we're going to throw them away. Or it doesn't mean that the 12 tribes of Israel's opinion about you or their judgment on you weighs more than Christ's by no means. I believe that it means that we're going to be sitting there with Jesus while he's judging the people. And are we going to do any judging ourselves? It says, or do you not know the saints will judge the world? So maybe we are. Maybe so. I do not know. I've read and studied it. And I can't really find anything about that. But I do believe. I mean, the Bible says it. So it's true. It doesn't matter what I believe or what you believe. The Bible says it. That's all we need right there. So what does that mean for us? It's a good question. What does that mean for us in that instance? That means here on earth, are we supposed to judge others? no. Not in that sense, but are we supposed to call out sin? Absolutely. Because if in the end, that's what we're going to be doing, then what makes this any different? It makes it no different. Because now are we supposed to say, you're going to hell in an instant? In an instance, yes, we are supposed to say, if you don't repent of your sin, you're going to die and go to heaven. I don't want that to happen to you. But, What? What are we to do in this instance? Like I said, I don't know 100% what this means. It says we're going to judge the world. So I guess we'll know when we get there or if we're going to do that or not. And I'm sure there are biblical scholars that are much smarter than I am that could tell you exactly what that means. And I've studied and I I can't. So I guess we are taking part in the judgment. That's all I've found. What does that mean we're going to be doing exactly? I don't know, but it means we're going to be taking part in it. So that means here on earth that we're to call out sin. Because we don't want to send people. We don't want to be there when God's sending people to hell. Of course we will see God send people to hell on their own. Because of their own self. But we don't want that for us. We don't want to see people have to go to hell. By any means. If you do you need to check your heart. Because hell is not a good place. And we don't want to go there. And we don't want anybody to have to go there. So get out. Share the gospel. That goes for me too. Share the gospel. Don't be afraid to confront sin. Because that's what we're called to do. And don't be a jerk about it by any means. Don't say, oh, you're just a big, fat, ugly sinner. Tell them about their sin, but also do it in a loving, godly way. We also see in Romans 1, 6, and 7, this is Paul starting his letter to the Romans. He said, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. uh, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to those who are in Rome and are loved by God and called to be his saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's addressing it to the holy ones, to the saints, and that's what we are. And that's why we're to read Romans and, of course, every other book, but it's to us including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. That's us. We belong to Jesus Christ. Does that mean that an unsaved person is not supposed to read Romans? By any means. No, that's not what that means. By no means. Does that mean that an unsaved person is not supposed to read Romans? They're supposed to read it just as much as a saved person. But the saved people are especially supposed to read God's word because it's his letter to us. To those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. That's us. We're loved by God. We're called to be his saints. And yes, once we get saved, does that mean we're automatically saints? Absolutely. There's nothing we have to do that's different. Because we're called by God then. But we are expected to live in a certain way. We're supposed to be faithful to God, loving God, dedicated to his service, being his one. And yes, when we we get saved, we are His holy ones. But does that mean we don't still have to work at it? Absolutely not. No, no, I am not saying that you're supposed to work for your salvation. Or you're supposed to work to be a saint of Christ. But you're supposed to work and act like you're a saint. And work to still be a saint. Because how are sinners supposed to know that you're different than them if you're not working for them? How are they supposed to know you're a saint if you're still living like a sinner? Now, do I believe that if you're not working, God's going to make you not be a Christian anymore? No, I don't. But I do think that if you're not working, God will do something to get you to start working for your faith. To get you to wake up. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. And even some in the new, we see that Israel starts losing battles when they're not living like they're supposed to be. People die when they're not living like, the, when other people aren't living like they're supposed to be. People themselves die when they're not living like they're supposed to be. Things happen in the Old Testament to get people back to their God. And how is that any different than us? How is the God that they're serving any different from the God we serve? I'll give you a hint, it's not. So we are called to read the word and do what the word has to say. We also see in Acts 9, 13. This is about saints being in a certain place. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. So there was a man who had done some pretty bad things to some saints in Jerusalem. And you want me to tell you who this man was? It's Acts 9. So, that can only mean that this man is one person. I'll give you a hint. He kind of wrote, wrote a few books of the Bible, especially or only in the New Testament. He wrote some books. Kind of wrote over half the New Testament. His name's Paul. So he's like. But God, he's done some pretty, he's done some horrible things to your people. Especially the ones in Jerusalem. That was the right place, right? Yeah, Jerusalem. But, but God, he's done these horrible things. And how often do we do that? We say, God, you don't really, you can't possibly want that person to be saved, God. They've done this, they've done that, they've wronged me, they've slapped me in the face, they've hurt my family, you can't possibly want them to be saved, God. You just don't know what they've done. God knew exactly what Saul had done, but He knew exactly what He could do to make Saul Paul and exactly what He could do through Paul. So when God tells us to share the gospel with somebody, He means it. Who knows if you share the gospel with somebody that they're not going to become the next Paul through God using you and using them. So share the gospel with people, and it's not just anybody. Share the gospel with everybody. Everyone you meet, as you're going, when you're going through your Jerusalem, whatever that is, if that's New Hope community, if that's Columbia, Mississippi, if that's Tylertown, Mississippi, share the gospel there. When you go out a little bit further, share the gospel with your county, Marion County, Walthall County, whatever. Go share the gospel in Mississippi. Share the gospel across the United States. Share the gospel across the globe. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Share the gospel wherever we go. And I don't do that like I'm supposed to. 100%. Do not. But who knows who the person we're sharing the gospel could turn out to be through Christ? Who knows? So, with that being said, and I'm still yelling because it's raining pretty heavy outside, don't say, I know what that person's done. I'm not going to do that. Well, guess what? I know what God's done. And so should you, reading the Old Testament, reading the New Testament. And no one is more powerful than God. No matter what anyone's done, God is more powerful. We also see later on in that same chapter, Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came also to the saints who lived at Lida. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It might be Lydia, but there's no I in it. it. looks like Lydia, but there's no I in it. So I think it's Lydia. But it could be Lydia. So Peter's come to this town, and basically what's going to happen is Peter's going to heal this guy. So I don't believe that we... I believe people can still be healed by our prayers, but do I think we can still... Walk up to someone, touch them, and they be healed? If that's what God wants, we serve the same God that did it in the first place. So yes, God can do it again. Is He going to do it again? I don't know. That's not my decision to make. But we're called to pray for the sick. We're called to pray for the for the well, for the people that are well. We're called to see after people, love people. Does that mean we're not called to confront them or to... Does that mean we're called to be nice little people all the time? No, because sometimes we're not called to be nice. Sometimes the worst thing we can do for people is to be, quote, nice. So what does that mean for us? That means that we go out into the world and we live like Jesus did. We have a whole episode back in season three in the Ephesians study where we went and we looked at things Jesus did. The verses were Ephesians 5, 1-2, through 2, and we went back and looked through Jesus' life. That's how we live a holy life. That's how we live the life of a saint. So am I saying to go up to someone who's sick and put your hands on it? If you feel God calling you to do that, do it. Who knows? It might help that person. It might not heal them, but that's God's will. But definitely pray for the sick and do what you can. For the sick, the healthy, anyone around you, do what you can do for them. Alright, sorry about that. That should be one last time I had to pause. I know you guys don't get the pauses, but sometimes it throws me off. Yeah, so, do what do what you can do to help people. I always say, and I was talking about this yesterday, well, I guess it would be not yesterday for you, but yesterday for me recording this. Um, It's so much easier to just be kind to people. And, like I said, being nice can sometimes be the worst thing you can do. Being kind cannot. though. Being kind, saying hello, how are you? And, yes, telling them what they're doing is wrong. If they're sinning. But when you walk up to the grocery store and the person's really mean to you, be nice back to them. Be kind back to them. Who knows what you could affect, how you could affect them. But, sometimes, sometimes being nice can be the worst thing you can do. Lastly, you might be already saying, well, this is just so hard. It's so hard. And I'll say, yes it is. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't need Jesus to do it. Impossible, but with Jesus we can do it through Him only. But the last thing, this is where it gets a lot harder. Revelation, and you might be shaking right now. Revelation 20, oh, sorry, I did not write down the reference to this. 17:6, there we go, says this: And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. So this is the prostitute at the end of times. And basically what this is saying is we're going to come to a point where our martyrdom and our mistreatment and our being treated horribly, being killed, is going to make people rejoice. They're going to love it. They're going to get drunk at the fact that they're doing that to us. They're going to be drunk on our blood, basically. They're going to be so excited about it that they can't contain themselves. That's what's going to happen. So you might be saying, well, why would anyone want to be a part of that? Because we know what happens in Revelation 22. doesn't matter what happens before. In Revelation 21 and 22, we seal the victory through Christ. No one else gets it. Not this prostitute. Not the people that are going to be killing us. Jesus gets the victory. That's why the easiest thing to be is a saint can be. It's the hardest thing to be. But in the end, it is the easiest thing to be. So if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, do that. Put your faith in him. Become a saint in him. And then live like it. Pray for the sick. Confront people in their sins. Be nice to people when it needs to be. Be Hurtful to people. Be confronting of people when you need to be. And take heart when we're persecuted. Because that means we're doing something right. Love God. Honor Him. Be a holy person. Don't be afraid to be set apart. And don't say, I'm not sharing the gospel with that person. Because I don't know where they're from. Or anything about And know that we get to be a part of the judgment at the end. Which is awesome. The fact that Christ loves us that much. Now, what all the detail that means, I don't know all the details. But I do know the important thing is we are there with Christ. So I don't have anything else as far as this part goes. So I'm gonna pray and move on. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for the fact that you've allowed me and every listener here to have the ability to be a saint. And help us to take you up on that, God. Help us to love you and to live for you. And just be the men and the women you want us to be. And to heal people if we're able to do that through you, God. But of course, pray for them, God. Because, God, I still believe you can do miracle healings, God. Does our hand laying on them affect it, God? No. But you do. So help us to be nice to be kind to but also confront people in their sin. Never think that you can't save someone, God, because we know you can. Help our things that we don't understand, like what we're going to do at the end with the judgment, God. But we know that you're there and that you're more powerful. Help us in closing thoughts that we could just grow closer to you, God. Help the weather outside, God, as it's not in great condition. Help if there's any bad weather, God, that you would just be there as we know you will. Help us to love you more every day, God. And just to honor you so much. And be the holy saints that you've called us to be. And God, I don't think I have anything else. But just please help us to love you so much. And be with us. Help the closing thoughts to go well. Help us to honor you in everything we do. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. thing that's been weighing on my heart pretty recently is putting your trust where your trust belongs, your faith where your faith belongs, your hopes where your hope belongs. And that's only one place, and that's in Jesus. No other place deserves our hope because your sports team's going to lose, your family's going to let you down, your friends are going to let you down. Anything you're into is going to let you down. So, what does that mean for us? That means place your faith where your faith needs to be placed. Put put your hope in Jesus Christ alone. Because he alone can save. Not a sports team. Not this. Not your family. Not that. Not anything. Put your faith where your faith belongs. Because friends will let you down. Family will let you down. Sports will let you down. Anything will let you down, but Christ never will. Is that to say that we can't enjoy those other things? Absolutely not. I believe we're called to enjoy those other things. I think they can give us things in common with unbelievers and that we can share our gospel, start the gospel message through a, a conversation over that. So, are we supposed to enjoy sports? Are we supposed to enjoy our family? Absolutely But are they supposed to ever become our God? Absolutely not. So don't ever let anything become your God except the one true God of heaven. And never be afraid to be a saint like we just talked about. Love God. Live for Him. And don't put your faith in anything your faith's not supposed to be in. Enjoy things of this life, but keep them in perspective. Because you'll be devastated when those things happen. And yes, it's okay to be disappointed when your sports team loses or when your family disappoints you. But when your faith is in Christ, the devastation is not doesn't just rock your world. And it doesn't leave you blindsided. So things we have, sports teams, family, friends, great things. But they're all easily taken away. And they can destroy our lives if we let them. And we can't let that happen. We have to put our faith where it needs to be. So I don't have anything else. But just put your faith where it needs to be. And just be a saint. Love God. Live for Him. Pray for people. Be kind to people. Share the gospel with them. Even those you think don't deserve it. Because it's not our decision of who deserves it or not. So love God, and love people, and live for Him. As always, we still have T-shirts left. They're twenty dollars for both. Well, for e- I guess for each, not both, because you know, gotta pay the bills. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, bumper stickers, bracelets, pop sockets—that's all no charge to you. And keep your eyes and ears open because you never know. When Lackadar might be doing something a little bit differently, I have something I'm thinking about doing over the month of June. Got to talk to Jackson and see if Jackson would be down for that. And yeah. So keep your eyes open for that. Next week is a testimony episode that I'm really looking forward to. No, it'll be great. And I don't think I have anything else. So I love you guys. Hope you guys have a great week. Go point to the point. Goodbye.